From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 210 for the week of October 24th, 2013. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition is brought to you by Jameson Limited Travel, helping you plan a perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Tom Bell. I'm joined by Michael Bowling, his wife Carol, and Diz Legal Correspondent Jack Bergen. And in this segment, we're going to talk about the new disability access service that has just been implemented at Disney Parks. Welcome, everyone. Thank you. Hello. Carol, are you there? Hi, Tom. Okay, there you are. Okay, cool. Um, so the guest assistance card has recently been made a thing of the past, gone to Yesterland. And in its place is the new Disability Access Service. Jack, can you give us some kind of idea as to why this was happening and and any kind of background on this? Well, if you remember earlier this year, there was some publicity that was pretty negative about how individuals with disabilities were essentially renting themselves out right. to the very rich so that the very rich would not have to wait in the lines with the common masses. Those poor and, things. Yes. Well, we all love lines, don't we? <laughs> and, and so, so, you know, Disney's publicity regarding DAS has been that, that this is a move to help prevent, uh, the, the that, those kind of abuses. But to um, make it work for those that need it. Right, and Meg Crofton put out a letter that uh, that uh, tried to explain it in in some words. But uh, you know, the important part of that letter I felt was that it essentially said we're going to try and work with people, mm-hmm. which is the important part of all right. this. Right. This, you know, with disabilities, no one size fits all, and so uh, I've been hearing very mixed results from. <laughs> Various people who have been, and and um, even to the point that there's now a rumor of a lawsuit that's going to be filed in Southern California. On, on what basis? I'm not really sure okay. because the lawsuit has not been filed yet. <laughs> our, our good buddy Dave Kaplan has sent me a link to a, a Facebook page that mentions it, so... Um, I'm not sure exactly what they're going to sue on. What what is what's required by law? Well, uh, this is case law Disney made essentially. If you remember from a few years ago, the Segway lawsuits, Disney kind of lost big in the California Federal Court of Appeals on what kind of modifications it had to make. So. Essentially, the Americans with Disabilities Act comes into play, and in California, you've got a couple of statutes that basically adopt that and provide a little bit broader remedies. But for now, let's just talk about the ADA. Um, the ADA has a general rule that that essentially says that uh, you don't discriminate against a person with a disability in the full and equal enjoyment of the services that are offered. At least this is the provision that applies to Disney. Right. Uh, Disney is considered a public accommodation under the ADA. Then it has very specific provisions under it, one of which, which define discrimination. Uh, so, you know, the general rule, and then you have, this is how you discriminate, and one of which is, if you refuse or fail to make reasonable modifications to policies that are necessary to permit individuals with disabilities to use the services. And those are obviously extremely broad concepts. So, you know, in, in looking at this, you, you take those and then you go on from there to the confusing phrase that full and equal enjoyment doesn't mean uh, that persons with disabilities must achieve identical results or levels of achievement of non-disabled people. But it does mean that people with disabilities must be afforded equal opportunity to obtain the same result. And so that's the key, is what is the equal opportunity being offered? Um, You know, where this 
Segway lawsuit came into play is, is, and this is a good first step, is, uh, that, uh, a public accommodation such as Disney has to consider how their facilities are used by non-disabled guests and then take reasonable steps to provide disabled guests with a like experience. And that's from, uh. So reasonable steps, which means if, if the steps aren't reasonable, they don't have to provide the accommodation? Right. Okay. That's exactly the point. In deciding what's reasonable, you consider the cost, right. the disruption, and the, the safety of guests. And, of course, that's where the Segway lawsuits fell flat, was that uh, Disney managed to convince several courts that uh, the Segway usage would not be safe within right. the federal, within the uh, parks. Gotcha. Okay. So Michael and Carol were in the parks a week or so ago, and... Got to experience a little of the new policy. Um, tell us, tell us what what. First, tell us. I mean, because you saw some of it from outside, and then some of it you experienced yourself. So let's just let's just get started. Well, what I can tell you first, Tom, is that I am an ECD user. Okay. Um, I have, as you know, I've been to the parks many, many times both in Disneyland, Disney World. Um, those who have traveled on podcast cruises have seen me using an ECB on Disney Cruise Lines. So I'm a pretty experienced ECB user. Right. Um, I am permanently disabled by the, you know, through, through the, both state of California and, um, I'm, I have, I receive Social Security for disability. So I've gone through all the steps that the all government agencies qualify me as disabled. Um, I have a rare heart and lung condition, um, which requires me to use oxygen. I have a heart pump, and in addition, I have cancer, so that has uh, limited my mobility. So that's kind of where I come from when it, when we start talking about disabilities. Um, what I can tell you is our experience last weekend um, was like I've never had an experience in Disneyland. Uh, we arrived at the Halloween party, the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party, um, about 5.30. Um, it was Michael, myself, and our um, four-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter. So we were having a, a grandparents weekend with oh. our granddaughter, Yeah, which was very nice. Um, so we went uh, into the park, which uh, it was very. We knew it was very crowded. Um, came into the park. I looked over at town hall, uh, at city hall, and um, could see that the line at city hall came all the way down the stairs, wrapped down and around um, towards like the firehouse. Came back, you know, zigzagging, and then basically was coming back out through the tunnel to um, the entrance area to the park. So that line was well over an hour and a half long. Wow. Um, and so I had made the decision that it was a cool evening and felt that I knew I probably wasn't going to go on a lot of rides that evening, so I would bypass going over there and um, applying for uh, the disability assistance services card, the DOS card. So that was my decision, um, and at the time, um, I made that based on many things that I have read um, on the websites, including the DIS boards um, on the disability um, site. Uh, there is a thread, or there's a post about um, Disneyland and DCA Disability Access Service Card, um, which has been um, updated, you know, by um, Sue M. Uh, the moderator, and it, it within that post, it states, uh, there's a question that states, I have a wheelchair, um, will I need a DOS card? And it states, if your only needs are mobility related, no, you would not. And this is um, consistent with everything that I've read anywhere else and, and basically have been told by cast members. Well, and technically, was, was, wasn't that the policy before as well? Um, in the In the past... Um, what would happen is you could use your uh, ECV. If you, have, if you were on an ECV, you could go straight to the ride, uh, to, 
to the um, alternative access or auxiliary right. entrances, right. as they're called, on the disability guide map. And as long as you had a key to show that you had a wheelchair mm-hmm. or an ECV or they could see you in a wheelchair, they did not require you to have a, um, I guess, a citizen's card. Right. Um, you could go to town hall. I, I had, I have a, actually I have a, my last guest assistance card, which I got in September, and it stated, uh, guests can use alternative attraction entrances where available. So some people did go get guest assistance cards, but mm-hmm. for the, for the most part, you are not required to get one. Okay. So my understanding would be that we would not need to have one. Um, so we, you know, enjoyed our first part of the evening, and we made the decision to go over to see the Haunted Mansion, which, of course, you know, that's a classic ride that everyone's going to ride on these Halloween nights. Right. Um, we went up to the mansion, and we're, we're kind of whisked away to a, side ent- to a side area where there were two cast members there who handed us um, a small uh, card, I'm calling it a white a wait time card. I, I really don't know what else to call it. Right. Um, it it states on it, you know, um, haunted mansion. It gives you the date, the current time, the await time, return time, number of guests, and the cast member signature. Um, we asked at the gate how long the standard line was, and the standard wait time was approximately 20 minutes. Okay. So you know. It's a wait, but not a not, not an outrageous wait right. that you you know you would expect on a night like that. Yeah. Um, so the cast member um, handed us back the card, and the card came back with a thirty minute wait. I didn't think anything of it. I thought that's fine. Well, but you so, didn't have to, you didn't have to wait. You could come back in thirty minutes, correct? That's correct. So that's okay. exactly what you're supposed to do. You're right. supposed to get this card and then tootle around. As a matter of fact, there was some trick-or-treating right by mm-hmm. the, the Haunted Mansion, so we got in line. We did a little bit of trick-or-treating. And then at the end of the 30 minutes, you come back to the ride, and the expectation is that now you're going to ride the ride because basically you you put in the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so... We then we waited at the at the entrance to the mansion, and anyone who's ever done this with an ACV will know you're either handed a red card or a green card, um, and those have to do with will they will you be oh, basically the... stopping the ride right. or will you be able to get on the ride like everyone else on the walking um, right. walkway? So of course I get a red card because it's very difficult for me to to get onto that uh, vehicle. Um, so we waited another 10 minutes at the gate for a mansion servant to come get us, and we proceeded up to the front um, where the columns are, you know, right by, by the, um, the hearse. Right. At which point the mansion servant stated to me it will be another 40-minute wait. Seriously? That, would, that I would be, we, we, Michael, myself, and Lexi, would be waiting for 40 minutes at that point. Now, that's I not, Carol, excuse me, that's not because there's a special car or anything that's used, like like some of the water rides have, you know, special. Well, you know what, Jack, they can only allow, in the mansion, there is, they can only allow a certain amount of um, disabled customers, if you will, mm-hmm. um, at any time uh, due to safety reasons. If they had to evacuate the mansion, um, they would have to, they could only, because that, the ride is on a continuous loop, they can only have a certain amount of people on that ride at any time. In the past, my understanding always has been it's been three cars can have handicapped um, people on it. Uh, that night, I had a supervisor tell me because it was so busy, because uh, it was a Halloween night, they had um, limited it down to two cars out of the whole, you know, loop. Um, which I said, well, why are you limiting it to two cars? And they said, because if we have to stop the ride to allow you on and off it, it slows down our whole flow, which which I totally get. I mean, I understand that. Mm-hmm. But, um, and so we're so busy tonight that we're not, we're only going to limit it, we're limiting it to two. So, so to your point, Jack, I mean, I always in the past have had to wait. You know, I don't mind waiting a little bit longer because, there's a limitation to the ride itself, but because you can only allow, they were only allowing two 
uh, guests on that evening. Um, there was a, you know, couple wheelchairs already waiting. There was a parent there with a four-year-old autistic child who was also in that line who was waiting behind the wheelchairs, and they had a dog cart. And so, uh, you know, we all got to know each other pretty well. And the mother kept saying, why am I waiting here? Um, why are you not letting me go? And the and the cast member was stating, well, you have to wait your turn. And so it ended up they had to leave because the child could not wait in line any longer, um, which I did not understand, you know, why they were, you know, why they were not put ahead and move forward. But um, there's a lot of confusion. Um, it ended up that I told Michael and Lexi to go on to the ride without me um, because, you know, our four-and-a-half-year-old, who is not autistic, wasn't going to wait that long either, you know, having already waited the 30 minutes, right. you know. Um, seems like they, they would have adjusted your return time. Well, um, I ended up speaking to a manager while I was waiting because they knew I was not happy. Right. Um, and I will say that this was the first weekend. Um, there was manager. There were many um, supervisors and managers um, at the various uh, major rides that we encountered that weekend, which I understand now um, from reading the board that most of that management staff isn't really um, as uh, readily available at the rides. Um, but I did speak to one of the um, managers that night, and he stated to me that, um, you know, again, this, you know, they're going through growing pains, and we all have to work with them, um, you know, which I understand. But uh, my point to him was, you know, I don't mind waiting even double the amount of time, but to have to wait almost four times the amount of time did not seem reasonable. Um, so... Uh, they have a lot to work out. I mean, they, they have a lot to try to figure out what to do because the bottom line is um, we ended up having to wait. Well, it ended up I just didn't go on the ride. Um, right. I was still in the line. I was still in my place in the line, and Michael had gone on the ride and came off the ride and, and came back and met me. And so, um, you know, my I think that they have to figure out when they give you that initial wait time, mm-hmm. you know, what their throughput is. Um, they need to kind of figure out more of the flow of how many people they're handing these cards to mm-hmm. um, and uh, reassess some of these return times. Um, because right now it's just the return time minus 15 minutes or plus 15 minutes or something, isn't it? Well, it was supposed, uh, my understanding from talking to this manager is supposed to be 10 minutes less than the average right. wait time of right. the regular line right. because that's how long it takes then, you know, for you to have spoken to these cast members them to write up these cards and then for you to go into the, whatever, the alternative exit. So right. um, I will say it's Haunted Mansion. The good thing is you can find these alternative, uh, these uh, wait time people the people writing the cards relatively easily. Mm-hmm. That is not the case at some of the other rides. Okay. So, um, Did you try any other attractions? Yeah. Um, the next day we uh, had a... I, I'll tell you, we went to Mickey's Magical Map, um, mm-hmm. which um, anybody who's gone on that, you kind of... Everyone sort of gathers before the show at the bottom of that. There's a slight hill there in front of... Um, kind of on the way towards Toontown, you right. kind of took a, a, a turn, and then there's a little bit of a wait, a gathering area, and then you kind of start up the hill uh, towards where Mickey's Magical Map is. Okay. Um, there is an area there where I guess they're gathering um, the people that need um, handicapped viewing. And, again, lots of confusion here. They they brought us up to the up to the top by the there's a little restaurant area there, and um, uh, one of the supervising cast members came over and she said to the other cast member, "Why are these people here? They shouldn't even be here. They need to stand in line like everyone else." And they go, "They were in line." So, um, and then she wanted to know if we had DOS cards. She wanted every one of us to have a DOS card. Um, and the the three of the three people that when I was there. We're all wheelchair people, 
and, or ECD people, and no one had a DOS card. Right. And she wanted us to go back and get DOS cards. So um, there was there was definitely confusion about who can who can access slides mm-hmm. with or without. You know, when you just have a mobility issue without a DOS card. Um, so that was a little bit difficult. I'll say, though, the interesting thing at that um, um, Mickey's Magical Map was we had a cast member who, uh, once we were seated, um, a cast member came up and she sat with us for a little while, Michael and I, and she started talking to us about, you know, you have to wait for the show to start. Right. So she started sort of just chit-chatting with us about what we thought about the new system. And she was very interested in what we had to say. At that point, I was a bit frustrated mm-hmm. um, about the new system. And she told us that they, they each cast member had gotten about an hour and a half of training, and they were getting daily updates since Wednesday. The, the Wednesday had been the first day this had begun. And things, you know, were uh, changing um, each day, and that um, they were hoping that they were going to try to settle things down and then keep things remaining the same for at least two weeks after that weekend so that they could get a better read on what was happening. So I, I was impressed that she was very thoughtful about um, our opinions and concerns, especially since I think that the cast members had heard uh, from many people that going, you know, the main thing was any supervisor said to us, go to City Hall and voice your concerns. Well, again, City Hall was completely overwhelmed. Right. Um, their lines, you, there was no way you could wait in line to express your concerns. And so I think it was interesting that some of the cast members were beginning to take a lot of notice of that and try to pull some of the information. Um, I did write on Small World. Um, Small World also had the time uh, cards. But in this case, it was interesting because I chose not to switch out of my ECD to the boat itself. Right. I have a difficult time getting out of the boat, yeah. and so I so rode up. I. I call it the <laughs> I call it the queen the queen's boat. Yes, yes. <laughs> I yeah. don't know if you've ever seen it. Yes. Where um, they have the ECV or the wheelchair person drive right onto the boat. It's amazing, and they you know you go in and then they turn you and you ride a little bit higher uh, than everyone else on the mm-hmm. boat, but you're actually sitting on uh, your ECV or wheelchair, um, and so usually they run two, I think it's two boats, it's two boats in the full loop. Um, so what happened was we got to the standard um, entrance where we normally go, and the cast member asked me if, if we were going to um, change, and I stated no. Um, so they told us just to wait. Now, another person came up um, who was in a wheelchair and stated that they would get out of the wheelchair and, and transfer into the boat itself. They were given a wait card and told to come back. Um, the wait, the standard wait time on uh, Small World when that was happening was about, I would say it was about 25 minutes. It's what I kind of made notes of that. Um, so the lady who had come, she was told to come back in about a half an hour. And so, um, but then there was a line for those that were waiting um, for to do the mobility transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was interesting that in this case, I actually got through before um, many of those people um, because the boat came up in the in the loop of it, but I that guess. That was just luck of the and draw. It was. And I happened to, and, that's, yeah. and that is the way it used to be. I mean, that was, yeah. it, prior to the change, that's really how it was. Mm-hmm. Um, you waited, the boat you know, like at Pirates or at Haunted Mansion or whatever, the boat would come up, the ride would come up, and if there was a space available, you would get right. in. And if not, you waited whatever time it was for the loop to come back. Um, and if there were, you know, if five people were waiting in front of you all in wheelchairs, generally you said, I think I'll go ride another ride, you know, mm-hmm. and come back. Yeah. Um, so Pirates. Pirates was my biggest issue. Um, we went on Pirates on Saturday tran- night. You have to transfer in Pirates, right? Pirates is a transfer. Okay. So um, I really wasn't going to go on Pirates, but lo and behold, my four-and-a-half-year-old little love of my life, said, <laughs> Grandma, Grandma, come to, come to Pirates with me. So 
you know, whatever Lexi wants, she gets. <laughs> so I thought, okay, I'm going to go on this ride. So when you go to Pirates... The Pirate, to, now just to back up, Pirates has always been notoriously bad for wheelchair guests. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Okay. Um, you, come, you, you come to the side, they have, instead of the standard entrance, you come along to the side um, where... Is it what a pieces of gold? I think is the shop yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and then the, there's the exit to Pirates, and then um, on the other side of that is the Blue Bayou. So the the cast member who is handing out the times, the time cards, is standing on the kind of the exit rail closest to Blue Bayou on in the exit ramp. That area, if you, you know, if you can think of New Orleans Square, is a very congested area. Mm-hmm. We went um, there about 7 o'clock at night. People were already beginning to sit down for Fantasmic. The line uh, for Blue Bayou, uh, guests had already started wrapping around and coming out and about. Um, so finding the girl that was handing out the time cards was nearly impossible. You really could not see her. Um so what was happening was many people were already sitting in the old standard um, wheelchair queue line, mm-hmm. um, like we used to always do. Right. Because you know you would just wait there, and then you know you would they would come get you. Well, unfortunately, if you sat there and waited, you weren't getting on the ride because you have to get this time card. So I got my time card at seven forty-five. And at that point, the wait time for pirates was 15 minutes. Um, the wait time I was given was 70 minutes. Return at 8:55. Wow. I I had a I was not happy. Uh-huh. I really was not happy. Um, it generally is double the time. Um, every fifth boat uh, loads a handicapped person if there is a handicapped person waiting. Okay. That's been the standard always. Um, through, I think they have 36 votes. So they, they know, they run a lot of people through that ride. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've always had to wait. Um, but, and it's always been about double the time is what you figure. But it's never been, you know, four times the time. Um, when you get back after the 70 minute wait, then you get in that queue line for the wheelchair. And you wait. And you wait and you wait. So while I was standing there, I watched people waiting for approximately 25 minutes um, that were in, had already waited their 70 minutes. Uh Now they're waiting 25 minutes just to board, to get into the back area where they actually then start to board. Um, Had a long conversation with the supervisor at that point, and it was very interesting because as we were speaking, we watched um, we watched exactly some of the problems that have happened in the past. I watched a 15-year-old boy push another, you know, approximately 15-year-old boy up and get a card, um, you know, one of these wait time cards. Then they went out and they switched and they the other one pushed the other boy up and they got a card, wait time card. Now, you would think, well, why are they doing that? It says wait time of 70 minutes. Well, there is no end time of when you can use these cards. So what that means is it's like the old fast pass. Mm-hmm. You pick these cards up, and you can use them at any point from that point forward once the return time comes. Mm-hmm. So the supervisor was stating to me part of the problem with the flow, the flow of this is people are coming in the morning picking up these cards and you can pick up as many of these cards as you want unlike the DOS card which only allows one stamp right. and then you must use it and return but that is not the case with these uh, wait time cards you can pick up you know four or five of them get one at Indiana Jones get one at Pirates get one at Haunted Mansion go back pick up another set of them you could be holding six of them go over to um, California Adventure spend your whole day over there having a great old time and then come back and use these as fast passes in the evening. There's no name on them. And as long as... So I could, and, and wait wait for the cast member to switch switch places and go back again to the same ride. 
Yeah, I don't even think you'd, you. Know, I gotta tell you, they're so confused. I don't even think you'd have to wait for another cast member. <laughs> I really don't. Um, the, like I said, I watched. I personally watched these two young men do do exactly this. One switched and switched with the other one, and the same cast member handed these cards to them. Now, didn't she notice that the boy that was in a wheelchair, you know, three minutes before, was not pushing the wheelchair? But she didn't. And, and, and I have to say, I can't blame her completely because they have so much going on mm-hmm. in where she is. I mean, she's got the Pirates of the Caribbean line coming out. She's got the Blue Bayou people surrounding her. She's trying to manage this wheelchair line, and she's trying to hand out these weight card times. But if you want to talk about fraud, there's plenty of fraud. It's already happening. This is only four days old. So, of course, that that uh, wasn't. That's not the fault of the new system. That's that's a perennial fault, isn't it? I'm not challenging. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, unless they're going to include the 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 people that have mobility impairments in DAS, you know, with the standard you know stated return time. I'm not saying they should. I'm just saying that unless they do that, that's going to be an issue. Yeah, Jack, honestly, I don't know the answer, and I've sat and thought about it quite a bit. Um, I don't know what's going to solve this. All I know is it's gotten worse than better. It's it's gotten worse from, than what it was, you know, two months ago. We were there a month ago, and I can't believe the, dif- the difference in wait times. Now, now, I will admit, Halloween, you know, this is Halloween kind of traffic. It's a little bit heavier now than it was in September, but it was shocking to me the amount of weight that we were being put through um, and the difficulty we had with these wait times. Oh, well, and I, I know I, that they, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I completely understand that. I, I have zero patience for that, so I, I sympathize with you entirely. I, you know, I'm just hoping it's it's a major change rollout problem that Disney has not handled very well. And have we heard any reports of people actually using the DAS cards? Yeah, I actually watched people using them. Okay. Um, Tom, when, when we were in California Adventure, um, Michael and Lexi went on um, went on uh, Little Mermaid. Okay. And I ch- I chose not to go on it. And uh, right outside of Little Mermaid. Um, uh, kind of over where the bathrooms are. There, you know, there's that building. Then there's some bathrooms there on the side. Right. Uh, they have one of the kiosks okay. for the the DOS cards. Mm-hmm. And I kind of scootered over there, kind of parked myself there, so I could listen <laughs> to what people were stating about it. Um, and what, you know, what I heard, you know, I heard both things. I heard some people saying that they felt it was going pretty well. Um, you know, that they were getting their DOS cards, they were getting their time stamps, and then I think in California Adventure, it works a little bit better um, from what I'm hearing than it does in the Disneyland side. Um, they're, they were able to get through lines a little bit quicker. Um, I know that um, there was some parents talking about Toy Story, and it definitely was working for them at Toy Story, so that was a positive thing, um, okay. since Toy Story is always notorious for the lines. Um, and the family that I was talking to about that kind of as they were waiting to get their next time stamp, um, again, autistic child um, who was in a wheelchair uh, was, you know, had some, um, I would say he was fairly far along on the spectrum, um, but they were pretty pleased with what they were, what was happening with the, with the DOS cards, except that they, um, the only thing that I heard is people get frustrated because they can only do one, they can only hold one um, time stamp at a time. Right. And if if something happens with the ride, um, that there's some difficulty in getting a new time stamp um, or a return time stamp to that ride itself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, but, uh, you know, I think, like, I will say that, I mean, I watched people using that when I went on Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Um, I did go on Peter Pan. Um, and I watched in Peter Pan what they did was they were taking as the wheelchair or ECV line was happening, they were pulling people that had uh, DOS times, um, and they were pulling them straight through out of the line and taking them straight in. 
in front of any of the ECV waiting or uh, wheelchair waiting people. So, um, and actually, I thought that was, you know, I thought it was appropriate um, that they do that. Um, but I, from what I can see, in my opinion, I think the DOS side of it, what they worked out for that, they thought through quite a bit. Okay. Um, I think the mobility side of it, um, I think they've got to really rethink what they're what they're doing here. Why why they're handing these cards out with no like on fast passes? We all know we all lived through the change they made right. when it said you can use this during this window of time. Right. And that's it. Yeah. And everybody you know hemmed and hawed, but in, in reality they did that for flow reasons. I think they're going to need to do that with these kind of cards. They've got you know to allow people to kind of pocket these things and you know in the early morning and then not have to use them till you know nine o'clock at night doesn't make sense you know that they really need to um put some kind of um onus on the person to use it in the same time frame that they've accommodated that wait time for yeah and i wonder if if in fact disney's decided they need to roll this out in stages because you know, there's a huge segment of the, the impaired population that uses the ECVs and the wheelchairs right. and, and other things. And if they included those, that class, I won't say those people, but that class of people. Oh, yeah. In, in the initial rollout of DAS, I, you know, for all I know, DAS would have been a, just a complete, you know, shutdown of the system, which would have been, you know, horrible publicity. It's not been great as right. it is. So. I tend to wonder if they're not going to be bringing the mobility impaired into DAS once they've worked out the bugs and and the process. Yeah, I, I wonder that also, Jack, because like I can't imagine what it would be. These little kiosks that I saw set up, I think they would have been overrun with people. Um, you know, yeah. and there has to be quite a conversation. And the the whole thing at City Hall, I can't even imagine. You know, if you put everyone through there. Um, which actually I have to say is what um, I did try to follow up with the disability. Um, I'm trying to think. Just a moment. Let me pull this up. I sent a letter to Disability Services at Disney Park, um, which is what uh, they've asked people to follow up with. So it's disability.services at disneyparks.com. And this is if you want to write a letter or ask questions about guests with disability. This is where you're supposed to send it. And it's um, it's run over through the guest experiences services. And they do have a phone number that you can call. And that number is 407-560-2547. And it's standard business time that you can call. Um I did speak to them directly on Friday, and I will let you know I was on the phone for one hour and ten minutes. Good for and you. And I spoke. Well, I spoke to seven people, and oh. by the end of my call, I was not a very nice person. <laughs> so, um, so that's another I, system uh, they need to work on. Yeah, um, when you call up, this is it is being run to a call center in Orlando. Um, the very first thing I noticed when I spoke to the very first girl, um, which when she put me on hold, there's no hold music, which I thought was interesting. So I said, are you actually a Disney employee? Because I thought maybe they've purchased services from another call center, you know, that's supplementing them. But in fact, they are Disney employees. And, um, but you get, you really, you get a very, um, pat answer, which is, you need to go to you need to go to City Hall, and you need everyone needs to be evaluated for their needs, and um, everyone should be given a DOS card. So I said, my issue is just mobility. I really want to understand which rides are um, giving out these wait time cards, and over and over and over, um, through even supervisors in. I ended up being transferred to guest relations. I ended up being transferred to um, a supervisor in guest relations. I talked to a manager in guest relations. I ended up in guest information services um, and guest experience 
Um, when I finally did get to guest experiences, um, I had just spoken to a supervisor in uh, guest information who had just irritated me to no end. But I'm sure I was very irritating to him also. And at the end of our conversation, when he was going to transfer me again, I said, you know, you have a magical day. <laughs> and because I've heard that so many times. And I'm sure I said it somewhat sarcastically. And no. he, he, <laughs> he let me know in no uncertain terms that I should not be rude to him and that I needed to understand this is a new system and to be patient and that growing pains are to be experienced um, and that he did not appreciate my um, comment about have a magical day. And I thought, wow, <laughs> I really didn't think he was going to say that to me. <laughs> so um, I can tell you if you want to write a letter um, uh, about your experience uh, with the disability services that the uh, if you're in Disneyland, you write it to Guest Experience Services, P.O. Box 3232, Anaheim, California, 92803. Um, and, you know, all in all, it was, it was a tough, tough weekend. Um, I said to Michael, as he can tell you in a minute, I said, I'm taking my premier pass and putting on City Hall's desk and saying good luck. I'm done. I, I've had it. Um, but I've had some time to think about it now and, and I realize they are, you know, they are trying to make changes and, you know, they're, they are, it's a difficult time. Um, but you didn't pay I, a discount really for any of this. Pardon me? But, well, to, to, to kind of reflect what Kevin from the Orlando podcast says, you didn't get a discount for this. You know, you no. paid the full price. And, yeah. and, you know, it didn't happen very well. And, and we're not talking about a fly-by-night company. This is something that could have been better thought out. Yeah, well, going, going back to what your your definition of, of this, of the, the ADA or whatever, re, was this reasonable? Well, no, not right now. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, and, and they're going to have, legally, they're going to have some latitude right. to work out the kinks. Sure. You know, from, right. from a public relations standpoint, that's one thing. But, you know, if, if in fact by the, you know, by the time somebody manages to get a case like this to trial, they've worked out the kinks, then there's really going to be very little to be said for, for this. I mean, it, it's, it is in, in essence, you know, you know, in purpose, it is trying to provide equal access. It hasn't happened yet. Uh, but, but the intention is there. And, and. Yeah. I mean, Jack, I figured that if, okay, well, we went to the Halloween party. You know, I, I already have a pass. I own my own pass. But for Halloween party, I had paid a separate ticket. So I paid my $67 for that ticket. And the time stamp on that is from 7 to midnight. So if I'm a person who actually did go into the park at 7 o'clock, I would then have waited an hour and a half probably two hours in line to speak to City Hall because you can't get these, you cannot be evaluated anywhere except for City Hall or the, on the, um, on California Adventure, I'm trying to, is it Chamber of Commerce? I think yes, it's called. Chamber of Commerce. Okay. So you wait. If I waited two hours, so now it's nine o'clock. Now I go over to Haunted Mansion and I wait. What I would have waited was two hours. That would have been the same for Pirates. Um, so I wait two hours for my ride. So now that puts me at 11 o'clock at night. And now I want to complain about it, and I get back in line at City Hall. <laughs> and I wait another hour and a half. <laughs> so, you know, that was a exactly. very expensive ride. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, so, and, and, but it was Hunter Mansion Holiday. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's, it's tough. I think they've got a lot of working. I, I think right. they have a lot of pieces to work out. The thing that upset me the most was, the fact that everyone just kept saying, you need to go to City Hall, you need to go to City Hall. And I'm like, Don't, please just listen to what I have to say. This is, this is very, very frustrating. And I, all I want you to tell me is you're listening to me. You know, I want you to tell me you'll take my concerns back. You know, I didn't even get at that at all. I got, you need to go to City Hall. You know, so I understand the cast members are frustrated. I understand the people are frustrated. I'm sure that by the end of the night, you know, my tone was much more obnoxious 
than it was in the beginning of the night. Right. Um, but it is, as, as a person who truly loves Disney, as a person who has disabilities, who has spoken to many, many people about this is an incredible, Disney does disabilities right. Um, they really do stand behind people who've had issues all along. I, I mean, I love going to Disney, um, to the various parks. I left the park that weekend thinking, this is a real nightmare. So. Yeah, and for you to have so many problems, that's, that's, that's the key because, you know, you, I don't know if you've paid attention to the debate on the podcast board where people are talking about, well, it's about equal access. It's not about preferred access. Well, obviously what you're describing is not even equal access. But, you know, you're describing a system that's really just not working part-wide, at least at Disneyland. And right. so that's, that's the key point is you know, when you look at the services that Disney is supposed to provide, it's not ride to ride, which is what a lot of people make the mistake in thinking. I think it's more the whole experience has to be evaluated. Right. And right. that just didn't come off. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you wondering. I mean, you mentioned uh, a, a good experience or two, but uh, I think primarily at California Adventure. What's, did you have any other good experiences um, like I said, Small World was a good experience because it was handled almost exactly the way it used to be handled. Um, that went really well. Uh, later on in the evening, I will say on um, Saturday night, uh, Dumbo, which is funny. Dumbo is a ride that's always, you know, really impacted during the day. We waited, we waited till very late in the evening, so there were very few people on it, and. Um, and that followed also the same way it used to follow, where you they have a side entrance, you wait in line there, and, and again these are that at that point they weren't handing out any cards because there really wasn't much of a line even in the standard line. So, but yeah. the people were very you know they followed what they always followed in the past. You know, let me I help you to the car. You know, let me take a few moments. I know that I slowed down their loading process, but. They didn't have a problem with that in any of these areas as the line got lessened. I think the issues are always going to be when it's crowded and there is a wait, how are they going to manage these waits? And I think anyone who's, you know, had experiences in the park um, from, you know, years gone by, we're all pretty familiar with the fact that our wait time is going to be longer because we have to wait for certain cars. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have, even if they, even if the person looks over and perceives that I'm in the front of the line, the front of the line is I'm still waiting for two cars in the Haunted Mansion that go out of all those other cars. I'm still waiting for two, two boats out of the, you know, however many are on the, um, small world track at that time. So, Although the perception is that I'm in the front of the line in the old ways, um, I'm still waiting for what I actually can access. So it's going to be, I think there's there's a lot of growing pains that are going to happen. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that the next experience I have is a better experience. Me too. Michael, any so. thoughts? No, it's just, you know, it was very frustrating to see Carol so upset. And also because Disney is the one place where, even with Carol's mobility issues, we can still enjoy a a family experience together. And this was probably the first time we couldn't experience that together. And it it was was just so... Michael, wouldn't you say that... I'm sorry, honey, but wouldn't you say that in the past that any time there's been an issue... I mean, we certainly had issues along the way, but people, like, they were always more than willing to try to help us resolve the problem right there. Right. I didn't get that that feeling at all this time. No, it was like they felt their hands were tied by the new system. That's what I was wondering, is is what kind of an impact is, you know, is DAS causing for the people that need, you know, some kind of a modification, but don't have a DAS card, and... You just hit the nail on the head, Michael. And Jack, I'll tell you, the next time I go, I will get a DAS card because I do qualify for one. Yeah. But um, 
you know, but again, I was trying to see what it would be like, you know, like in the past, you know, what I've always done. And But I, I know for myself, I will go get one, you know, so... All right, Carol. Will you report back with us when you next time you're in the park? I, I will. Yeah, it's going to be. A, yeah, I will. I mean, okay. I, I, it's going to be a little while till I go back, um, but I will definitely keep you posted. Okay. And and I I know that I will you know stay active. I'm reading a lot about what experiences people are having on the disability boards. Okay. Uh, I think people are trying to um, figure out the best way to handle this, um, and there's a lot of activity on the disability boards. I think the moderator is doing a really good job of trying to keep it to what are the facts. Um, so I think that's been really good. Um, and I also read, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm on other types of, you know, handicapped um, accessible travel um, um, boards. And so, um, and there's a lot of chatter out there also. If there's um, any listeners out there that would like to share their Disneyland experiences, send that to us too, if you would, DL Podcast at www.info.com and we'll pass those thoughts on as well. And post on the boards. And post on the boards, definitely. Disney reads the boards. Yeah, they do. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, and I will say, I think Disney, um, I, from what I'm hearing, Disney World is handling it better. I think they're just better equipped to handle it, you know. So. That's surprising. Well, <laughs> in, in the sense that the queues themselves all along have been uh, a little bit more mobility accessible. Okay. So I, I think that's, that's, that part of it's being handled better. Um, I don't know about the DOS card side of it. Well, and they've also, they're, they're starting to implement the FastPass Plus, so they have different sort of cues that they could use on, on yeah. more of their rides. Right, because the rides that we've been talking about are not FastPass-based in Disneyland. Yeah. You know, Haunted Mansion's not FastPass. Pirates is not FastPass. Small world is not. I mean, many of these rides are not fast, fast based. So, well, thanks for listening, Tom. I appreciate thanks. it. Thanks for sharing, Jack. Thanks for for your expert advice, Michael. Thanks for joining us. That is going to do it for this segment of the Design Plug. Be sure to catch all of our other Disneyland shows this week, and of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening. Thanks.